0: Today on the podcast, we'll share with you one way out of the rat race, one of the hottest scenes on the planet for internet marketers, and a super blog success story. Let's get moving. Okay, everybody, welcome to the Lifestyle Business Podcast, where we believe starting a profitable business is the best way to get the lifestyle that you desire. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by the one and only Mr. Sean Ogle from Location 180. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing great. It's good to be here, Dan. Can you quickly tell the audience who you are, where you're at, what you're doing? Give us a little bit of background
1: on that. Let's see. To sum up what I'm doing right now, I'm working uh, with you, actually, in the Tropical MBA um, out here in Southeast Asia to try and build up our businesses after quitting my job as a financial analyst in Portland, Oregon about uh, six months ago. I quit my job not knowing what to expect and you know, came across you and good things have been happening ever since. So So Sean is
0: super talented, very entrepreneurial guy. The reason we've got him on the program today is because a lot of people are trying to make a transition in their life. Entrepreneurs are in constant states of transition. And I think it's really interesting to capture a guy like Sean, who is really at a a really pivotal moment of upheaval. And I kind of want to walk through step-by-step the process of, of, you know, what your thought process is about this stuff and how you see your future prospects. So, uh, you know, in the past, I've talked about the sort of transition stage that you're in is called a wooze right now. So you don't have an outright business, but you're kind of working at a job that puts you on the path towards entrepreneurship or at least lets you engage the kind of lifestyle uh, that Mm -hmm. you want to do. So could you walk us through like your business biography you know, what you've done so far as a career and how that sort of led
1: you to this this turning point. Basically, you know, when I went to school, I graduated graduated with a degree in finance, and the whole purpose for me studying finance was I feared it was going to be a lot harder to learn that after the fact than management or marketing or something like that, and I knew that I wanted to start my own business, and so I said, hey, you know, this seems like it would be beneficial to the skills that I would need as an entrepreneur. Let's go down this route. Well, six months before I graduated, fell into this job with a you know, firm in Portland for, as a financial analyst. College kid coming out of school, great job, you know, sounded like a great idea. And it took me about, a, you know, maybe a year to realize that was not at all what I wanted to be doing. And so I spent the next year and a half, you know, thinking really, really hard about what, what my goals were and what I wanted to do. You know, that led me to inevitably quit my job last October and pursue something different. What was like some of the turning points?
0: You seem to have figured this out really early on. Kudos to you. What was the
1: turning point for you? One of the biggest things that I found is, you know, the way I paid paid my way through school was owning a house painting business. So, you know, when I was doing that, I was in charge of the sales, the marketing, the products. I mean, I was in charge of everything, and I loved that freedom. I loved having that flexibility. I loved being able to work for myself, and so I always knew that that was going to happen at some point down the line. I just wasn't exactly sure. When it was going to come about, and so that turning point for me came actually on a trip to Brazil in February of two thousand and nine. Me and uh, my best friend, we went down to Carnival and uh, spent two weeks down there just having you know a blast. And in order to do that, I had to use all of my vacation time for the year and you know beg my boss for the time off. And I was walking down Copacabana Beach at like you know ten o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday, thinking, you know, I should be able to do this anytime I want. You know, I shouldn't have somebody else dictate my schedule, when I can work, what I should be doing. And, you know, from that moment on, I said, you know what, I need to make start making some changes. Um, and so that was really the one pivotal pivotal turning point that said, you know, I need to get out of this desk job.
0: You know, it's such a simple piece of m- mindset. It's a, such a simple move of audacity to say something that's confident like, hey, I deserve this. Like this is what it ought to be like. I think that's a, a lot of people don't feel that they deserve of those things and, and you you're not gonna get it unless you feel like you deserve it. I remember going on vacations like that. I was actually nervous towards the end of the vacation. I remember it's such a tragedy <laughs> because I was nervous about going back to my job and like am I going to be behind and all this kind of stuff and it what an awful way to live. Especially given that
1: the, you only got two weeks. <laughs> well and it was I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day and we were saying we were talking about the term vacation and the idea of a vacation and how it's been ruined forever because you know, I don't think I will ever be able to take a vacation again in the traditional sense because, I mean, I can hop down to, uh, you know, the beaches next week and, you know, I can still get work done and I can spend half the day, you know, scuba diving and snorkeling and rock climbing and doing whatever I want. And so it's definitely an interesting way to live your life when, you know, all your work and your play kind of becomes entwined into, you know, one just awesome lifestyle. So I've been really excited about that.
0: One of the reasons that you or were able to get into this whole game is that you started a blog which has turned out to be pretty successful. Can you walk us through
1: what it was that inspired you to start a blog? Well, absolutely without a doubt, the blog is the the reason I'm here. If I hadn't have started that, I don't think these opportunities would come my way. Um and so after I got back from Brazil I was kinda of thinking, I was like, you know, I need to start making some changes, I need to start doing something and I don't know how to go about it. Um and so I think it was last May I finally, you know, said, you know what, I'm gonna, you know start writing about my transition you know i'm gonna you know i i don't know where i'm going i don't know what i'm writing about so i just started writing travel stories and writing about you know my goals for the future and the things i wanted to do and eventually it just kind of started evolving into this you know yeah i don't even i know what you want to call a lifestyle design blog i guess um but finally in uh, september after you know building some momentum, I finally told my previous boss, I said, you know what, you know, I want to go someplace else. I want to do something different. 90% of the work I do can be done online. And so I submitted a remote work proposal. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, I'll take a 50% pay cut if you let me go and work from wherever I want. And so they thought about it for a while and then came back and said, absolutely not. (laughs) And after that, I was like, okay, well then I'm going to have to do this on my own. And from there, you know, the, the blog kind of turned into, you know, how to quit your job, and then how to, you know, find something you're passionate about. And from there, you know, it's really been exciting to see all the people I've come across, all the people I've met through it, all the, you know, opportunities that have come my way. If it weren't for the blog, I would not be here talking to you right now. Um, And that's a a pretty cool thing. So it has changed my life in ways that I had never really anticipated.
0: A couple of things when you started the blog, especially on such a – a topic that indicates a major change in your life. Were you worried about people in your current life tracking you down? Like notably, I would think I'd be nervous about my boss looking at my blog. Didn't Ab- How, did, how did you think about that?
1: Oh, I was totally nervous about it. And I was always wondering, I was like, do they know about this? Do they not know about this? But at the same time, there was always that thought in the back of my head that said, you know what, if they find out about it and they fire me, well – it's for the best <laughs> in some ways I was I was hoping that they would find out because it would make you know my life a lot easier to not give me a choice basically would say all right you're on your own now figure it out whereas you know having to work up the nerve to you know quit a job where you're well paid and you know it' was a job that a lot of people would kill for um, and it was a much harder decision to do it on my own and so I think that's where the remote work proposal kind of eased me into it a little bit
0: On the remote work proposal, I think that's really interesting. Do you feel like there is something, if you could go back and do it again, that would have made it work?
1: Um, Potentially. Um, I think that... Had I started out and said, you know what, let me try working from from home for a week. Um, if you really need me, I can come into the office and try to ease them into the idea of it a little bit more. I think they might have been more receptive to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, part of the problem was it's a very small company. You know, just four or five people, and so if one person goes away, then that's a you know twenty percent reduction in the amount of people you have in the office to do you know even things like answer phones and greet clients when they come in. Um, you know, when people want to take their lunch breaks, that's one less person to cover. And so I think it was much more logistical issue than anything else. Um, I think they did recognize that there could have been some value there, um, especially as, you know, revenues have been hit and things like that because of the stock market. But, um, you know, I think, you know, had I approached it a little bit differently, they might've been more open to it, but probably not giving me the freedom that I would have eventually wanted. So, um, you know, I think it was for the best that it didn't work out. Most people's blogs fail to take off, and your, your blog
0: is, is really unique in that it's become extremely popular. It's brought in so many cool opportunities. I know it's put you at the epicenter of so many interesting situations. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share some tips from your experience with the audience of how to create a successful blog um, You know that can bring about those kinds of things, successful especially in
1: the sense of networking? I think the most important thing you can do when you're starting a blog is read other blogs, you know, look at what other people are doing, find other people are doing the same things you want to do that are, you know, things that you're interested in and reach out to them, send emails, comment on, on their site. Um, and then as you start building that network, you're going to have a ton of people that are going to support you and what you're doing. And I think that that was without a doubt, the biggest contributor to my success, Um, You know, there was a couple very big name A-list bloggers that I got in touch with, Um, one that I'd written guest posts for that I just got, you know, insane amounts of traffic from. Um, I think that is, if you're starting a blog, the best way to build up traffic quickly is to guest post for blogs that are bigger than yours. Um, What a lot of people – what a lot of people end up doing is they find people that are in the same situation that they're in. They kind of get their group of bloggers that are all very similar sites, very similar levels in terms of readership. But if you can branch out and if you can, you know, approach those bigger names and, you know, really get them to, you know, get on board with what you're doing, that's going to be the quickest way to success and getting out of your niche as well. You know, I'm doing, you know, travel or lifestyle design or whatever you want to call it. Well, you know, I have guest posted on personal finance blogs and, you know, organizational blogs and various other sites that are going to open up um, you know, my content to new readers that might have not necessarily seen it otherwise. And so I think that that is definitely one of the most important things you can do as you are thinking about building your site.
0: Are there some other specific situations besides the Tropical MBA? Like for somebody who thinks, you know, oh, you know, blog's a lot of work or this or that. I guess my my perspective about blogs has been evolving a little bit, and I kind of see it more as a digital representation of yourself, and it's it's kind of like the ultimate calling card. Um, what other kind yeah. of specific situations have, has the blog put you in, you know, over the course of the last uh, year that you know you just wouldn't have ever got yourself into had you been uh, not been a blogger?
1: That's a good question. Well, you know, obviously the big one is Thailand. I got in touch with you through my blog. Um, you basically said, hey, you know. After uh, we decided to work together, where do you want to go? You know, <laughs> pick a spot in Asia, I'll come out and meet you. And so that was that was definitely the biggest one. But I think one of the more exciting things is just the living in Bangkok. The amount of interesting people that live here and come through here on a daily basis is astounding to me. And just because of you know my you know presence on my blog and on Twitter and things like that, I get messages every day from people that are either living here, or passing through, just saying. Um, hey, if you want to meet up, you want to grab a beer I mean you know just the other night, I was in touch with a, a freelance percussionist a a golf pro um, there was the guy that coined the term xml i mean there was just all these you know very very cool you know high level people that come through here that i wouldn 't have ever gotten to meet otherwise, not to mention the fact that whenever I travel anywhere, I was just looking at my analytics the other day and my site had been read and 140 countries, which is mind-boggling to me, and so I've got you know people all over the world that I can be in touch with if I'm traveling or you know looking for recommendations, and you know that was just kind of a cool byproduct that I, I never expected.
0: You know, it's interesting for people that have never considered blogs uh, this way before. It's abs. It's like so utterly useful. If you think about just like the mental warmness that you kind of like have tons of trust already because mm-hmm. you you've been like published and people take a quick glance at the link to your blog and they feel like they know you already. But even more than that, you have a a huge potential value to deliver to them. You've got a trusted, you have a, you have an
1: audience and, and having an audience is such a huge value. It's like, and it's not even just an audience. I mean, especially when I started out and I was making some, you know, crazy life-changing decisions that I was terrified about doing. Um, but more than an audience, they became like a support system. I quit my job, and I wrote a post about it, and I had 70 comments from people with everything from you know, support letters to job offers to you know, you name it. Everybody wanted to help. They all supported what I was doing, and it doesn't really matter what I do now because you know, everyone that's out there that's been following my story, they, they've built this relationship with me, and so they want to help. And so to have this huge audience of people that want to help and want to support what you're doing, you know, I can't think of, it, I can't imagine being able to gain that in any other way other than having started the blog I did.
0: There's a really interesting discussion going on in your blog right now about, you know, whether or not this is a, a selfish decision or a feasible decision, uh, given the re- realities of uh, financial planning, uh, retirement. You know, all these kinds of traditional fears that very, very real for people. Now that you're in a time of transition, how do you think of things like your financial future, your prospects for security and success in the long run? What do you think these kinds of decisions, you know, what what impact
1: have they had on your future? Well, in a lot of ways, you know, they've added a lot more uncertainty. You know, I could have stayed in the job I had and been making a lot of money for, you know, 30 years and probably been miserable. But um, you know, now I I really don't necessarily know where all the money is going to come from and I don't know what's going to happen. But at the same time, I've got way more time than anybody else to pursue that. I can spend you know, 12, 14 hours every single day working to ensure that that revenue stream is going to come. And as long as you've got the passion and the drive and the determination, it'll happen. I mean, especially being out here where the opportunities are endless. Um, I mean, between everything that you're doing and we're doing and, you know, the blog stuff and other projects with other people I've met out here, I mean, I think the next six to 12 months are going to be, you know, really, really interesting in terms of the things that are going to come out of it and a big boost in, you know, my personal revenue, which is exciting. Being in Bangkok right now, it's definitely an inexpensive place to live. So I'm, I'm afforded that luxury of being able to, you know, live on very little money. But I think if you're willing to put in the time and put in the effort, uh, you will make things happen, you know, out of necessity, um, and so I think that's that's exactly the case of what's going on with me right now. So,
0: can you tell us a little bit about the scene there in Bangkok? You've referenced it a few times. It's becoming very clear in the blogosphere that Bangkok is a place for lifestyle designers, people who are in- interested in that niche. It's a place for internet marketers. It's a place for people seeking an alternative lifestyle. What what does that feel like on the ground and and how are people using it and how does that have an impact on the way that you live? Well,
1: you know, when I came to Bangkok, I really had no idea what to expect. I had a couple friends that were bloggers and living here and, you know, raving about it. To be honest, I wasn't really expecting to like Bangkok all that much. You know, I wanted to go down to the islands and sit on a beach and, you know, live that kind of lifestyle. But being here, it is just kind of opened up my eyes to what the potential is. Um, You know, you mentioned what What's the scene like? Well, on a daily basis, you know, I'm, you know, going out and meeting and having beers with, uh, you know, people in all sorts of, you know, various types of occupations, whether it's, you know, journalists, um, you know, during the whole redshirt protest and everything, I ended up in a hotel room with a bunch of BBC journalists, which, you know, that would have never happened anywhere else. Um, You know, people that work with CNN that I know, um, other entrepreneurs that are building just some really, really cool businesses. Um, and, you know, that's one of the most exciting parts is, you know, I won't go into too much detail about what they're doing, but seeing them come out here and just, you know, basically some of them have come out here for a couple months just to focus and say, hey, I can live here cheaply, you know, I don't have the distractions I've got back home, and I can get a lot of stuff done and have some fun while I'm doing it, and that's that's been cool. It's just the wide variety of things that people are doing. It's like people don't come out here to sit at a desk and be bored. People come out here because they've got a desire to do more with their lives, a desire to do more with their business. And, you know, that's been exciting is that people just share the passion for growth that, that I have, not to mention the city is just buzzing. It's like 24 hours a day. There is something going on in the <laughs> city, and that's, that's cool to be around. Back in Portland, you know, unless it was a Friday or Saturday night, people were, were back in bed by 11. <laughs> um, and so it doesn't matter when you're looking for something to do. There is always something to do here.
0: What's it feel like to get your time back? I know you haven't started big profitable lifestyle business yet, you're definitely working on that, working that way. You've st- you've taken the woo's route, which is basically you've sacrificed some income in the short term to get your time back. What's that uh-huh. move feel like? You know, after having worked a job for 2 years, what's it like showing up on the ground and just having all your time?
1: To be completely out completely honest with you, it is probably the greatest thing I've ever felt. You know, I feel like in some ways I'm back in college again. You know, in college, you, you've you got the free time to do whatever you want. You know, you study when you want to and you go to classes and stuff. But it's, I mean, it's even better than that. I don't have to go to classes. It is the coolest feeling ever just knowing that, you know, I can go out and do whatever I want. If I want to hop on a train down to the beach tomorrow and work from there, then I can totally do that. And I can be just as productive down there as I am here. You know, it's just, it's such a rare situation to be in because so many people are ingrained in this institutional mindset that you have to work this nine to five job. And, you know, I think that for so many of them, they're afraid to to look at other possibilities. They're afraid to break out of that And as soon as you can do that and realize that, you know, the drive and the determination, there's another way to do things, everything changes. And because of that, I'm the happiest I've ever been right now. And I'm making, you know, very little money. And so it's one of the things you kind of realize is that happiness is not about money. You hear people say that over and over and over again. But until you actually put yourself in a situation where that's true, you don't really realize it. You know, back home, it was like, unless I didn't get that big raise, then, you know, I wasn't happy, uh, which is kind of disappointing. But, you know, it's the exact opposite out here, and it's it's really, really exciting to be able to just you know work whenever I want, you know play whenever I want, and uh, you know just build something big. Oftentimes, people
0: think of the money situation in the same in the same context. So, you know, like it would be awful to like still live the old lifestyle with half pay. For example, you know, because yeah, the money yeah, is yeah. really the only thing that redeems. That kind of lifestyle. I mean, three years ago, I was in your boots, man. I took I took a salary cut so profound that my father used the first uh, (laughs) expletive in my direction that I've heard since I I never heard him swear at me before. Um, But I gotta tell you, I think you realize that time is the most important asset in the world in your life. Yep, and that learning to take advantage of that time and learning to make it valuable is an investment that's worth making. And to me, that's why, although there's a lot of uncertainty in our lives, like we don't know where we're going to be in six months necessarily or what our business is going to look like, but I Uh feel more secure than I've ever felt in my entire life because I've learned how to take advantage of my time, how to protect it and how to go after opportunities. And it sounds to me like, you know, you're dead on with this stuff and you know, I have absolutely zero doubt, you know, that you're going to turn
1: this into something big. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, and you know, that's the thing is you look at what is the absolute worst case scenario. There is no worst case scenario for me because with all the stuff that I've learned, like if something doesn't work out, I mean, there's, you know, a dozen other opportunities that are, are sitting there waiting. Yeah. Um and so I am just super excited to continue, you know, building up this business and everything that's going on because, you know, there's not a doubt in my mind that it's it's not going to work out. So um, it's, a, it's a very cool experience.
0: Awesome. So Sean, uh, we'll have you back on uh, later on because I want to walk the audience through your uh, the, the exact steps that you're taking to put together a lifestyle business. I'm stoked to hear about that, and I'm sure the audience would be too. So thanks so much for uh, giving, us a, uh, giving us your time today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Look forward to talking to you soon. Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us. Always good to have you. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list at lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Get signed up and you up to date on everything we're doing.